used to hold big parent sacrifices for weddings for their children and spend money extravagantly without ever chanting Hare Krishna. And they would taunt the Vaishnavas for chanting Hare Krishna. Vaishnavas were headed by Advaita Charya. And having no one else to chant with, they were very bereft and they chanted, however, among themselves at Srivasacharya's house. Advaitacharya was bereft over this condition and he promised the devotees that he would personally bring the Lord to descend in Navadweep to spread the chanting of the Holy Name. He says, my name is Advaita Acharya, and to make that name come true, I will make the Lord appear. So it was a sorry condition. The devotees got solace from. Advaitacharya's behavior. And actually, after he appeared, Lord Chaitanya said many times that his appearance was due to the call of Advaitacharya, that he appeared in the material world. Advaitacharya used to worship the Lord with Tulsi and water and call out to him with loud cries to please appear. And actually when Lord Chaitanya did appear it was coincidentally the occasion of the lunar eclipse and all the Hindus and even the non-Hindus chant Hare Krishna and bathe in the Ganges so these two things were occurring with Chaitanya appearing in the house of Mother Sachi widespread chanting of the holy names everyone became very blissful chanting but they didn't know why they felt that way or what they were doing except for Advaitacharya and Haridas Thakur no one knew what was going on 
but everyone coming and going was chanting the holy names. Lord Chaitanya was a beautiful child and anyone who saw him became enchanted. Even as an infant, he played a trick to make the people chant Hare Krishna. He would start to cry. one could make him stop crying unless they chanted the names of the Lord. So after a while this mystery of his was discovered and the ladies used to gather around and chant Hare Krishna to get him to stop crying. And it was a joyous discovery that if they chanted Hare Krishna, the baby would stop crying. And they all used to come to the house of Sachi and bring offerings and get the baby to stop crying. chanting Hare Krishna. His parents, Jagannath Mishra and Sachi Mata, were overjoyed with the fortune of having a baby boy They had given birth to eight baby girls who all died prematurely and one wonderful son who was a Brahmin, very saintly Vishwarup, and now this last child who was more beautiful than Cupid himself. Chaitanya used to play pranks when he was only four months old and when he was alone in the house he would spread articles all over the floor ghee and flour and oil and make a big mess and then when he heard his mother coming 
he would lie down in his bed and cry she heard him coming and she embraced him and said oh my dear boy she was overwhelmed with love just to see the face of her child but then she noticed the big mess that had been made there and wondered how it could have happened when there was only a four month old child in the house none of the elders ever suspected that he did it because he was so young Jagannath Mishra thought it was the work of some demon who seeing that the child was protected by mantras got angry and made the mess and ran away but seeing the face of their child they forgot all the trouble <coughs> and just were joyful in seeing him so he did these pranks in the home for a few months and then the name came, the time came for his name giving ceremony two parties gave different suggestions the learned astronomers decided that his name should be Vishvambar because since he had been born there had been all good conditions for agriculture, rain, and no drought, plenty of sunshine. And so they took it that he was upholding the earth. just like in Krishna's former incarnations Krishna upheld the earth against various demons so they took it that he was enacting his same pastime and that the people also were becoming more devotional since his birth <clears throat> so they said we shall call him Vishvambar the upholder of the universe but there was another name suggested by the elderly ladies since Mother Sachi had lost eight children before this one was born 
They wanted to give him the name Nimai. Which means that he will not die prematurely. Therefore, Vishwambar became his first name and Nimai became his second name. So this fun went on of people coming to Nimai's house and seeing the child crying. They would make him stop crying by chanting Hare Krishna. Everyone got a lot of joy and fun out of this game. As Nimai grew up, different wonderful things happened to him. It was an occasion when two thieves saw the baby and were very attracted to his costly ornaments. They were very low men and decided that they would steal, kidnap the boy and take him away and kill him and take his ornaments. So they got the boy it was innocent aside and said, come on child, we haven't seen you in a long time. Come on our shoulders, we'll give you some standish. Nimai said, all right. And he got on their shoulders and they took him away to a distant place. They were very satisfied how it was going. But after a while, Nehemiah's parents noticed he was gone. And they began to shout his name, Vishwambar Nimai. And by Yoga Maya, mystical energy the thieves got lost and they couldn't find their house and they wound up back at Jagannath Mishra's house and they saw all the people calling Nimai Vishwambar and they became frightened put him down and ran away.
they said to each other Mother Chandri has been kind on us today to save us Another occasion that happened was a visit by a mendicant who came to Jagannath Mishra's house begging food. He was a very effulgent renunciate. And they were very honored to have him in their house. they said just stay and we'll give you articles for cooking and you can make an offering to Krishna he had a Bala Krishna Shila around his neck So the Brahmin prepared rice and other food. And when he was ready to offer it, he sat in meditation and thought of Krishna. And as soon as he did so, the little child came before him naked and dirty with red marks on his body and he ate the rice that the Brahmin was offering the Brahmin cried out oh my offering is ruined this naughty child has eaten the offering all the people in the house became upset. Jagannath Mishra became angry. Wanted to beat Nimai. But the Brahmin stopped him and said, Oh, what good will you do? That's not very intelligent, a man like you beating a child. He doesn't know right from wrong, so he shouldn't be punished. residents of the house said don't worry we'll give you more food preparations and you can make another offering to Paul Gopal but this time because the child is very restless we'll keep him in a separate place with Mother Sachi the mother Sachi went to another house and took the baby. The Brahmin cooked again quickly. 
And when he thought in his mind of Aniruddha, the deity of the mind, although Bhimai was being kept in another part of the house, he quickly came there and began to ate the Brahmin's rice. The Brahmin cried out again, Oh, my offering has been ruined. This naughty child has taken it. Now Jagannath Mishra really got angry. And he got a stick and he ran after Nimai to beat him. But the Brahmin stopped him and said, You're supposed to be an Aryan. This is not intelligent. What good will it do to beat an ignorant child? He doesn't know what's right and what is wrong. Just feed me some roots and grains and I will eat. I don't expect to eat rice every day as a mendicant. Just give me some simple food to eat. Jagannath Mishra was very upset and he just held his head and looked at the ground. But his elder son, Viswarupa, who was a jewel of a Brahmin, came forward and took Nimai on his lap. And the Brahmin said to Viswarupa, Whose son are you? said, I'm Jagannath Mishra's son, and we're very happy that you've come to our house, but now you're making us unhappy by fasting. Please listen to me. You should make another offering, and we'll assure that the child doesn't need it. The man said, oh, but it's late at night. Is it proper to make an offering so late? Yes, Viswarup said, it'll be no trouble. We'll get everything ready in a minute. So they took Nimai in another house. And by the force of Yoga Nidra, everyone fell asleep including Nimai. And it was safe to make the offering. So the Brahmin cooked by himself. He made the offering. And this time when he thought of Krishna, Nimai appeared before him in a four-armed form as Vishnu. And spoke to him. And the Brahmin was astonished and made obeisances. And he might said to him, you are my eternal servant. 
life after life. Don't you remember in my last life you appeared in the house of Nanda and Yasoda and you did just like this. Um, you came and you ate the offering so now you've come again. When you call my name, I have to come. Then he disclosed to him his glories as Krishna. But he made him promise not to tell anyone that he was Krishna or he would kill him. Brahman became ecstatic and pacified at the same time. And they left the Brahman. And he became wild with joy and he ate the prasadam. And he pasted it on his body and he cried out, and he woke up everyone in the house. And when they came to see him, he washed the rice off his body. And he thought, oh, maybe I should tell the people about who Namai is, so they'll get the benefit of knowing he's the Supreme Personality of the Godhead. Then on second thought, he thought, well, no, Namai told me not to disclose this to anyone. So they were satisfied seeing that he had eaten. Brahman told Namai, you can come every day to this house, to Madhukari in the afternoon, but be sure to come to my house You'll see many pastimes, but don't reveal any of it to anyone. So the Brahmin did that. He came every day to the house of Jagannath Mishra and saw Nimai's wonderful pastimes and visited his worshipable Lord. As Nimai grew older, it became time for him to study. And there's occasion in the Hindu society on the first day of the study, they make an elaborate event out of it. The boy is given his chalk a chalkboard and he writes the first letters. Namai was able to write the first letters just by seeing them once. And the devotees were astounded 
It is intelligence. Just by once seeing a name of Krishna, he could write it down from memory. And so he began to write all day the names of Krishna, Morari, Panamali, all the different names of Krishna that they showed him. He wrote them down. Jagannath Mishra said, now it's time for you to show us your proclivity in life by choosing an item that I'll show you. So he showed him rice, patty, roasted rice patty, gold, and silver and volumes of Vedic literature without going for the rice paddy which is the vocation of the Vaishyas or without going for the roasted rice like a greedy Brahmana mm. He took the Srimad Bhagavatam to his chest, indicating that it was the supreme Vedic literature and that he would teach it. All the people shouted, Jai, you will be a great Srimad Bhagavatam teacher. And he did. He became the best student in Nabatweep by his teachers. He learned all the words and the compound words. And he was very proud. He used to go down to the Ganges with his friends study and he and his friends would play pranks on people they were naughty and the people began to complain to Jagannath Mishra and to Sachi they say your son He came and he stole my Bhagavad Gita. Your son came and he jumped on my back and jumped off and said, I am Mahesh. <laughs> and 
he said, why are you worshipping Narayan? I am Narayan. He came and he sat on my asana and took the offerings I had made to Vishnu, the boga and the garland and the sandalwood paste. And he ate it all himself and ran away. Why do you allow him to do these things? Mabadweep is a respectable place. We don't want such babyish activities going on. And the girls went to Sachi. Complained, they said, he steals our clothes. And then he throws sand on us. He throws an itchy powder into our hair. <laughs> that makes our hair itch. You must stop him from doing these things. He steals the flowers and fruit that we bring for offerings. And he associates with rough boys. One woman said, my child is small. And Nehemiah pours water in his ears. <laughs> Mother Sachi pacified them and said, Don't worry, I'll tie him up when he comes home tonight and I'll beat him. And they all became satisfied and bowed at her feet. But Jagannath Mishra was genuinely angry. Hmm. And he said, I will beat him with a stick right away as soon as I see him. So he went off with a stick to the Ganges. And the boys and girls at the Ganges warned me mind that your father is coming looking for you with a stick. So Nimai said, just tell him that today I didn't come for a bath. I'm going to go home by a different path and you won't see that I've bathed. So before Jagannath Misha arrived at the Ganges, I arrived home at his house by a different path and he showed no signs of having bathed. He had all the ink spots on his body from school and he was carrying his books. So when he arrived home there was so overjoyed at seeing his face and his beauty that they forgot all the accusations as he crawled into Jagannath Mishra's lap. Jagannath Mishra said, surely these accusations must be true. But this child is not an ordinary child living in our home. 
It's like he's Krishna, and Krishna is acting through him. So he just forgot all the intentions he had to punish Nimai. the Brahmins came there and said we were complaining only in jest we love Namai he's like our own child please don't take anything he does seriously they were Brahmins of finer intelligence so they spoke like that and Jagannath Mishra was very happy and Nehemiah escaped a beating These are some of the childhood pastimes of Lord Chaitanya. As he grew up in his father's house, with his older brother and father and mother, Ishramar Nimai. I'll ask Rabindasarup to speak something about Gopuranima. that there's going to be a golden age of Krishna consciousness in Kali Yuga. For 10,000 years, is that right? 5,000 yeah. 5,000 down. I don't know where that comes from. From the bishop, I don't know. But anyway, there's golden age. And so, um, some were saying that 1986, the golden age began. And the first 500 years were a sandhya, the dawning twilight. And it began uh, after 500 years, that golden day. And some people had another opinion that it began with Lord Chaitanya's birth. So it may have been. 
But there was a interesting year for several reasons, but but the main thing is that is that uh, uh, the work of a previous acharyas, and especially Bhaktivinoda Thakur and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and Srila Prabhupada, that Lord Chaitanya's movement did spread all over the world. Uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, was the one that really he was a world citizen. Though he was in India, a Bengali, nevertheless he was a bureaucrat in the British Raj. Uh, he was educated in English. Uh, and in many ways he could consider himself a world citizen. Uh, he was familiar with Unitarian thinkers in Britain and America. Uh, he uh, so really he's the one that, that took a movement which had many aspects that were not so savory and that had devolved into different. Uh, well, he gave a list: alls, balls, garunga, nagaris, the budges, all these different takes on Lord Caitanya. I managed to locate uh, and identify authentic uh, Krishna consciousness and, and uh, wrote about it in a journal. In this way, in the 19th century, um, latest thinking uh, was being spread uh, typically among intellectuals in England and also in America in journals. People were writing journals and that was the mode uh, by which the latest ideas were spread. And he took up the same mode and uh, had his magazine, Sajjanatoshi, one of many, and spread Krishna consciousness among the urban intellectual elites in Bengal. And he made plans, a vision that is going around the world. He sent copies of his books out. He found one in the Guild University Library that, that he had sent there and, and corresponded with Emerson. took it so far and then uh, where he left off his son Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati took that same journal, the flagship journal of Bhakti Vinotakura and, and turned it into the English language journal The Harmonist so preparing again for universal, sending copies abroad also and so he's the one that planned to to bring Krishna consciousness, take Lord Chaitanya's mission to the West. Uh, they had uh, sent 
Preachers to London in 1933. Uh, had a temple, land for a temple in London. Uh, and uh, 1933 was the same year that Hitler came to power in Germany, so it was that's what, uh, and so he had preachers in English, in England and in Germany, they made the devotees. But then everything came to a stop. Bucchus Sadaka got upset with his being a preacher and called him, would even see him when he came back. And uh, there's where it looks like things had come to a stop. Well, you had to pause for World War II anyway. That was happening. But he had told for the Prabhupada, the first meeting and in the last communication letter, that he should preach in English. And that meant go around, go outside of India. Everybody knew that idea. It told many people to do that. Uh, anyone who was competent. But uh, he told Srila Prabhupada, and Prabhupada told us, he said, when he got this last letter from him to preach in English, he couldn't imagine, he said, I couldn't think I would do this or I would do that. But I took it seriously. And then, uh, of course, after Bhakti Siddhanta left, we know his movement split into different factions and you know, seemed to have lost its concentrated uh, preaching power. And so, well, Prabhupada came to the West. He did it by himself. He had no institutional support, uh, no cooperation, not much interest doing what he did, so he, just by taking that order of, of spiritual master seriously, came to the West by himself, having spent a great deal of effort by himself translating and printing, publishing his first volume, first canto Shimabhagavatam, three volumes he had his with him. And so now, this prediction of Lord Chaitanya, that one day Western people, or, or Bhakti Vinodhaka really, that people would come and dance in Mayapur, yeah, it happened. So, uh, as we have to see, uh, our Krishna consciousness movement is spread all over the world. If you go to Mayapur and Vrindavan today, are places there? You know, at first there were just signs in English. Then there were signs in English and Russian. Mm -hmm. Now I'm told there are signs in English, Russian, and Chinese. Right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, in so many ways, uh, uh, this is happening. What what Lord Chaitanya wanted, and so uh, we have to be very grateful not only for our own Krishna consciousness and what the gift has been given to us by so much work. I mean, Prabhupada said, "I have to shed my blood 
50 gallons to make one devotee. Uh, he did it. Uh, and uh, you can think that this is also going on still today. And we should recognize that. And do uh, everything we can to add our part to that. So uh, we can fulfill the desire of Okay. Done right. And this is how many? And this is how many would you speak to? I'm always various appearance days because it was usually my service I think of the deities and I remember Srila Prabhupada was coming to Philadelphia in July 1975 we knew he was coming for the Ratriyatra and we had um, just installed Gornitai because in other words when he came Lord Jagannath would be in seclusion and there would be no deities on the altar, you know, other than Panchitaka. And July was pretty amazing. It had a Abhi shake. And I always remember because it was sort of Tulsi season, like there were all the various, um, you know, substances, but especially when the, when we put covered Lord Chitendi with laundries from the Tulsi plant. The fragrance was so strong, people could smell it in the whole temple room. <laughs> and that was really, really amazing. Uh, and um, so I always think of that because that was when, you know, Gorni Tai first appeared there. Uh, and then I was really happy when um, Panchatapa came down to Ariash was, it just seemed really nice to have you know, the, the five personalities and they're there, it's pretty nice. Mm. But uh, so, it seems so merciful. Mm. And then um, Prabhupada actually corrected us because we had um, on the Rathayatra card, we had put Gorni tie it over in the corner in a little pallet and he said they should actually not be on the same card as as um, Lord Jagannath. You know, they should have their they can be taken out in front, you know, the palaquin or whatever. And, and so then that just immediately brings you to that mood of Lord Chaitanya dancing and taking the Lord Jagannath out for his Rathayatra, which is like even further mercy because it actually brought Lord Jagannath out so everybody could see him. And it seems like the, the main emphasis of Lord Chaitanya is that we become Krishna consciousness by giving it to others. reflect on that kindness, you know, that 
Lord Chaitanya has given us. It's pretty amazing, actually. between them 
and otherwise the nourishing, the watering process of hearing and chanting and serving, associating with bodies, etc., will give nourishment to the weeds and not to the bhakti lata. So there's many very uh, sobering statements by Lord Chaitanya and purports from Srila Prabhupada where he's um, reiterating the um, thoughts and realizations of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, mundane profiteering, mundane adoration, diplomatic behavior, all these different things. And finally, Lord Chaitanya concludes on the famous verse that Rupa Goswami chose from Nectar of Instruction, Nectar of Devotion, Anyabhilasita Sunyam, Jnana Karmadi Anabhitam. Pure devotional service must be favorable, must be free from desires for fruitive activities, mental speculation, etc. And Prabhupada very nicely and seemingly simply puts in the, describes in that purport that First of all, one must know what Krishna wants. Krishna is very, very eager for all the fallen conditioned souls in this age of Kali Yuga to get knowledge of Krishna consciousness. And Prabhupada goes on to say, one who tries his sincerest and his best way to try to help in this distribution of Krishna consciousness becomes pure in devotional service. So just that activity alone is pure devotional service. So that um, is, is very comforting, you know, when you hear about all of these unwanted creepers and they look like the same and the, devote, the neophyte devotee was certain to be attacked by these things one after the other. So um, our acharyas, which we call upon, have made it very simple and very clear. Spread this Krishna consciousness movement. Prabhupada writes in one place, such a sincere devotee will never fall down because Krishna will give him special protection. So, um, it was a very, very glorious day, and uh, um, we spent three months here, uh, sojourning with uh, Sasrup Maj and Baladev and Sri Sri Gornitai in the winter of 2011 into the spring 2012, and the result of that was I got a big kick out back down to New York City, where uh, inexplicably and without any reason, I found myself just madly trying to make Haryanam Sankatan happen every single day. And now here we are, almost five years later, and it's going on. And uh, my experience is that against all odds, all obstacles, all austerities, and seemingly inexplicable things which would discourage anybody from continuing, the thing is going on. And that is because this is what Krishna wants, this is what Lord Chaitanya wants, it's his Sankirtan movement, the prediction will come about, it will happen, all we have to do is just humbly and intelligently hold on for the ride and not let the illusory energy shake us off. Thank you very much. Okay. I have a question. I remember reading um, when we had the, the different, um, you know, weeds that can grow up being watered by the same process, that, so, that sometimes it's difficult for a devotee to recognize the weeds themselves. Yeah. 
and that therefore we need the relationships so somebody can say, I think you're watering a weed for me. <laughs> 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 it says that the false one looks just like the Bhaktila time, yes. grows very close, and mm -hmm. you have to discriminate. Sometimes that's hard. We are, yeah, so with senior devotees who are, you know, um, doing their level best in accord with their position uh, to serve, and also they've been around the block <laughs> perhaps a bunch of more times than we have, and they can point out uh, the pitfalls and, more importantly, the safe path. I always assumed that the 10,000 year golden period began with Lord Chaitanya, but after hearing the Buddha's Prabhu, I don't know what's the right opinion he on it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm that's 500 years, you know. <laughs> I'm going to defer to him. It, it, it could make sense that, that 10,000 years began in 1966 when Srila Prabhupada, the foremost proponent of Lord Chaitanya um, in history, came to the Western Shores. That, it, just, it's just on another thing. And maybe it's speculation, but it, it certainly would, if there is no definitive date given in the Shastras as to when it begins, maybe that's when it begins. Um, I look at the period of the 1960s uh, in the context of the rest of modern history, and I see no corollary, I see no other time as unique from a sociological point of view, from a cultural point of view, as the, the upheaval uh, and the rise of the counterculture and the rejection of the, the opulence, of the material opulence that, that um, that generation engaged in. We were, the baby boomers were, were there, we're coming off of, or into a period of prosperity like this country's never known, created by the boom after World War II, and all material influences were there. Srila Prabhupada even said once, when he was talking about there's no enjoyment in the material world, he qualified that. He said, except maybe in America. <laughs> so, but in the midst of this, uh, unprecedented rise of wealth and <coughs> prosperity and rise of the middle class for all these various economic reasons. In comes Srila Prabhupada with Lord Chaitanya's message and with the public chanting, the Harinam. Right into this such a unique period, the, the, the door was open in a way it's never been opened before. And it was the perfect time to insert Sankirtan, it was the perfect time for Lord Chaitanya's message to come to these shores and the perfect generation to receive it. So maybe that's the beginning of the golden era, or maybe you're the pioneers. It just, to me, that makes sense. Also, if you look at Pope John Paul was often given credit for doing things like helping communism 
and it's in Poland. But I remember Shiro Prabhupada talking about how there was the certainty of a, of a war, a nuclear war, unless we could spread the Krishna consciousness movement. And I remember Yuri Andropov, the head of the Soviets, saying the two main threats to Russian youth, <coughs> this is in the 1980s, were rock and roll and Hare Krishna. Hmm. <laughs> okay. so, the New York Times. So Lord Chaitanya's movement was the threat to communist. So we don't have communist Russia anymore. We don't. We haven't had a nuclear war. And what's going on in, in the former Soviet Union? Thousands of people becoming devotees. Lord Chaitanya's message, changing history. So maybe this, maybe all these things, that are evidence that the golden era began with Srila Prabhupada bringing Lord Chaitanya's message just a few short years ago in 1966. Do you remember when, when Prabhupada was predicting a nuclear war? It was very specific. It will begin between uh, Pakistan and India, and then the United States would come in on Pakistan's side and Russia on Indian side, and there would be a nuclear war. Devotees were, you know, oh, should we get bunkers? Prabhupada said, no, just Hare Krishna. But he <laughs> talked about it. It was a big excitement thing, and then it didn't happen. No. I, I, I asked Rupanuga, who was my GBC at the time, did Prabhupada say why it didn't happen? And he said, I'll check. He came back to me, and he told me that Prabhupada said, Krishna changed his mind. <laughs> well, that was really interesting from a philosophical point of view. <laughs> can Krishna change his mind? And if he can, then it means that the future is like objectively to some extent fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would go along with Dr. Who, who said that the, the, the time stream is kind of mambly pambly and fuzzy. So, but no, it's so if but, you but, but I, you know, I saw. So I was wondering why did, what happened that Krishna changed his mind, and then a few years later, you know, we had some Russian devotees come from the first time to Mayapur, and uh, Hari Case tried to keep me away from him. He thought I was a dangerous person that would affect him with American ideas, but. <laughs> <laughs> did manage to talk to some, and they were a group of uh, devotees who were all working on a collective farm in Georgia. And it was an orchard growing fruit. And they told me that they always knew when there was a meeting of the Politburo, the steering committee of the Communist Party, the Politburo, because they would get, and the only people that got this fruit were the important people in Russia, the nomenclature, otherwise you could, couldn't get it. But they, they always knew when there was a meeting of the Politburo because they got a special order. And so many oranges, so many grapefruit, all, you know, all this fruit. So he said they would go out and they would gather the fruit together and they would go to an obscure place in the orchard and they would offer it all to Krishna, <laughs> oh, and they would have a kirtan, and oh. pack it up and send it to the Politburo. So the Politburo, oh, for no, a number of years, was oh, eating Krishna oh, Prasadam, and I thought, wow, that's why Krishna is <laughs> <laughs> mine. That's, 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 
So and they were the <laughs> wonderful devotees. I mean, just like they they practice Krishna consciousness <laughs> under very very difficult circumstances. So maybe we have Lord Chaitanya's movement to thank. Yeah, for, for the lack for the of bringing down the Soviet Union and for, right? the lack, and for the lack of nuclear war, and hopefully that and will not continue, having a, right. and that will continue on. Hopefully.